Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with Jerry Spinelli, who's written numerous novels and picture books for children during a career that stretches more than 30 years. Spinelli's acclaimed books include the Newbery Medal-winning Maniac McGee, Stargirl, Jake and Lily, and Hokey Pokey, as well as the autobiography Knots in My Yo-Yo String. In January, Spinelli is back with a new novel, The Warden's Daughter, published by Knopf Books for Young Readers, which is sponsoring this podcast. In The Warden's Daughter, Spinelli transports readers to the year 1959 and to the small town of Two Mills, Pennsylvania. Cammie O'Reilly, age 12, is the daughter of the warden at the local county prison, and she lives with him in an apartment above the prison. Cammie's mother died in a traffic accident when she was a baby, a loss that still very much hangs over her. Between Cammie's deep-seated desire to be mothered, her relationships with some of the inmates, and friends who seem to be growing up very quickly, the summer of 1959 promises to be one of dramatic change for Cammie. Thanks for speaking with me, Jerry. My pleasure. Thanks, John. This book marks a return to the town of Two Mills, which was also the setting of one of your most well-known books, uh, Maniac McGee. Uh, What brought you back there? Well, uh, Norristown, Pennsylvania brought me back there because that's where I was born. Uh, And so I'm comfortable uh, with that as a a setting for a story. And in fact, uh, the prison in question is still located on Airy Street, in Norristown, Pennsylvania. So uh, it was natural to just use the resources uh, at hand uh, and make two mills once again uh, the setting for a story. Hmm. And, and was that prison something that really kind of loomed large in, in the lives and imaginations of the kids in Norristown uh, when you were growing up? For some it didn't, for others uh, less uh, so. It was always there. Uh, everybody knew about it. Uh, and the way it played into the lives of some of the kids uh, in that area, they would wait outside the high wall uh, on Marshall Street and wait for baseballs to come sailing over the wall. Uh, The inmates in the prison would be playing baseball in the exercise yard, and they would be playing with string balls made out of yarn uh, themselves. And so when these balls came Uh, somebody hit a home run, the ball came over the wall, and the kids on Marshall Street would go scrambling after the ball. That was about as exciting as it got. (laughs) Well, you know, if I'm not mistaken, it seems like uh, the character of Cammie would have been born right around the same time uh, that you were. So given that this, you know, the town is based on your childhood hometown, um, are we getting a really strong sense of what what your childhood was like uh, in this book, maybe compared to that of Maniac McGee, which was set later on? To some extent, uh, like Cammy, I rode my bicycle everywhere. Like Cammy, I was a baseball player, uh, in fact, a shortstop. So there are some similarities. I don't think our personalities were alike. But uh, the town uh, that I describe in the summer of 1959 was, was pretty much the way it was and uh, is no longer that way. You very much uh, saturated this book with a lot of details about the music and television and candy and all sorts of things like that from that time period. Was it very easy to draw from and recreate some of those uh, sense memories as you were writing the book? All I had to do was remember. That's kind of the fun of it. Uh, I enjoyed doing my memoir, Nights in my Yo- Knots in My Yo-Yo String. Uh, didn't have to cook up a story. So uh, that sort of thing is easy, yes. 
And you mentioned uh, that the, I guess, the Norris town of yesterday is not necessarily the Norris town of today. And I'm curious, uh, when you were spending time in Two Mills in this book, were you thinking at all about how that town developed into to the town that you portrayed in Maniac McGee, again, several decades later? Uh, no, not really. Um, you know, I don't think of Maniac McGee as having taken place decades later so much as in I think I thought of it almost as a timeless story uh, I've had people come to me with speculations as to when the story takes place and you're free to make your own I'm just saying that in my mind I never really assigned a particular calendar year to the story of maniac for me it was just kind of like ancient history being recalled by a self-appointed community historian. I got the sense that there's a, a real-life inspiration that maybe played a role in how Cammy's character came together. Is that something uh, you could talk about? Yeah, two ways. I met a person who has since become my friend. Her name is Ellen Adams. She lives in New Jersey. And in fact, she was a warden's daughter. She inspired the story. Her father was the warden of the Montgomery County Prison, and for several years, their living quarters were right there on the prison site, and that's where she lived and had pajama parties and so forth with her friends. So a real person in a real situation kind of launched the idea for the story. As far as her origins, the character, I had a friend, in fact, who, when he was a baby, and his mother was about to wheel him across the street. A milk truck was coming, and uh, the last thing his mother ever had a chance to do was fling him across the street before the milk truck hit her. Uh, it was the tragedy of the year in Norristown. And uh, as I was so many years later working up ideas to tell the story of the warden's daughter, that incident came to mind, and... It seemed to me that that was a, a good way to begin things uh, for her. And so uh, it seemed pretty early on that you felt that the role or, or Kemi's mother's death was going to play a pretty central role uh, in the story then? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, and, and I should mention as well uh, that, in fact, one of the things that Ellen Adams told me was that her mother died. Now, it so happens that that uh, that happened to her when Ellen was between her high school graduation and going off to college. Uh, so she was much older. But I suspect that her having told me that put the idea in my head. The idea of, uh, I guess, Kemi's sort of longing for a mother is probably one of the stronger and more visceral elements in the story. And I'm curious about her relationships with the, the women in the prison. I mean, did, um, did your friend Ellen describe having sort of similar interactions with you know inmates and things like that during her, her childhood? Nothing in detail that I can recall. Understand that almost all of the story beyond the particulars I've mentioned were things that, that I made up. It's fiction. But she never really mentioned anything particular in that regard. I, I recall her, her, her mentioning the, with her friends a couple of things. As far as access to the inmates, this wouldn't happen today. But her father, in fact, did allow her to go from their backyard into the women's exercise yard. And she was allowed to do that. 
sort of tied into this idea of Cammy and her relationship with the the inmates. I felt there was certainly an idea of or a theme of sort of a, a frustrated communication sometimes. Like Cammy has a lot of longings that she's not quite willing to express, and without giving away where things go later in the book, you know, there's maybe other things that she was wishing she was heard that she only finds out much later. Were you thinking about the ways that, you know, people try to communicate and maybe fall short of that, both, you know, whether it's parents and their children or children, other children, children and adults, that sort of thing. Was that on your mind? Well, sure. Uh, uh, that isn't, I mean, that's, that's our common currency, isn't it? Uh, communication. And uh, isn't it a shame how clumsy we often are at it? So yes, that's always at the heart of uh, many of my stories. You, you know, you mentioned a, a childhood sort of full of a lot of bike riding and that sort of thing, which uh, made me think of uh, your novel Hokey Pokey, which was a, perhaps a more fantastical story than this one. But still, I think the idea of children and freedom and and that sort of thing was was very present in it as well. Why do you think that is maybe a theme that you uh, return to sometimes in your in your books? I'm not sure. I, I, I suppose I don't frame it for myself so much in that way as I do. For whatever reason, maybe because I had a good childhood, you know, I wasn't one of those kids who was always saying, I can't wait to grow up and get out of here. Uh, I, I think I had it pretty good as a kid. And maybe that sort of planted in me an appreciation for what I considered a good, reasonably happy, normal childhood and family life, and to appreciate those who did not have such a thing. And so we have characters uh, such as uh, Maniac McGee and Cammie O'Reilly, who are missing a parent or two. Uh, it's something that I always uh, uh, was touched by, and uh, what touches me, I write about. As you look out there now, is that something that you you wish you saw more of, that, that level of freedom with today's kids when you're out there speaking with them? Or is that not something you, you worry about quite so much? Well, realistically speaking, I can't honestly say that I would uh, readily allow my own kids or now my grandkids to walk home from a park to their home at 10 or 11 at night along railroad tracks. And yet that's exactly what we did. And you'll see that it's in, it's in the book. So, uh, yeah, do I regret that that's the way things are now? Uh, sometimes I do, and sometimes I do regret that kids uh, are not uh, as free to roam the world as we used to when I was a kid. Do you feel like you bring a sense of nostalgia for that time and that, and that freedom to your, to your writing across different books, uh, picture books or fiction? Um, I do it for telling a story. And, and it would be up to the reader to say whether I'm creating nostalgia for them or not. So I, I don't deliberately plant these things in there for that purpose. Uh, I'm just uh, entering details, hopefully, of a good story. And if a sense of that time and place and a nostalgia for it touches the reader, then that's fine with me. Well, you know, you've been, of course, writing and writing for and spending time with uh, children for uh, several decades now. What What are your thoughts about how the, the landscape of, of books themselves and, and what's available for them has changed in that time? Well, obviously, a lot more goes now than what used to. But uh, I'm happy to see that so many topics and uh, storylines are available to readers today. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that there's so much more to choose from than Dick and Jane uh, and that sort of thing. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, the broader the available reading material, the better. 
do you get out there um, somewhat regularly still to uh, visit schools or bookstores or libraries? I don't so much anymore. Uh, uh, I, I do become a little more visible and active, uh, such as occasions like this when a new book is about to be launched. But, uh, you know, uh, I re I'm remembering one year when I was out of the house, I think 93 days. And I discovered that uh, if I'm forever going down to the airport or the train station, I can't get anything done. Uh, I like to think of myself as a writer, not the, not a visiting celebrity. And so uh, I've had to learn to uh, send regrets to uh, some invitations and, and keep myself here at home and, and write the stories, which I hope uh, is ultimately my communication uh, with the readers. Uh, does that mean you might get out there a little bit uh, come January when the, when this book does come out? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, my trusty uh, managers at uh, Random House will see to it that uh, I'm not quite as invisible as I am at the moment. <laughs> Since you brought up uh, writing, is there other stuff that you're already in the midst of working on, things that we could uh, look forward to in the the near or mid-immediate future? Nothing at the moment. I thought I might have had something uh, to answer your question with, uh, but then uh, I read it over a couple of months ago, about 40 pages into it, and was unhappy with it, to figured it wasn't working, and so I scrapped it. And so you catch me at the moment uh, in the early stages, uh, really only a few days old, of uh, working up uh, a new novel, and so uh, that uh, still has yet to be titled and, uh, and finished out in any form. And, uh, you know, you have done a few picture books uh, here and there in the past. Is that something you think uh, you might do more of uh, as well, in addition to novels? Uh, maybe. Uh, I don't think of myself as uh, primarily a picture book writer. As you said, I only have a couple of them. I sit back and wonder at my wife, Eileen, uh, who has been known to turn out a publishable picture book uh, between the first and fourth quarters of a Sunday football game. I, I just don't have the the knack for it, it doesn't come as easily to me. So uh, we'll have to see. Uh, maybe I will or won't. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I, I had read that uh, your wife, Eileen, has also you know, been quite involved in, in your own work, sort of a, maybe as a sounding board and things like that. Is that is that still very much the case? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're each other's first cheerleaders and first editors. Uh, when I write a chapter of a book I'm working on, first thing I do is dump it on her desk, and uh, then she gives me a reaction. Uh, and if it's not a good win, I'll go back and, and work on it. Uh, if it's thumbs up, then I'll go on to the next chapter. So uh, she gets to see the things uh, as I write them chapter by chapter. Well, I'm glad to, to hear that this one got the thumbs up and you know went on to, to Random House. And uh, congratulations again on, on this book, and thanks for speaking with me. My pleasure. Thank you, John. Once again, I've been speaking with Jerry Spinelli, whose latest book, The Warden's Daughter, is being published in January by Knopf. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. 